Before we get into the book of Jonah, I would like to invite everybody up here who would like an airhead to, who is willing to tell me, okay, Dave, you're, do you want to know, you're ready for whatever I ask you to do? Don't you even want to know? No, come on up here. You'll be okay with this. Um, what I'm asking is for anybody who would be willing to tell me something that they have to do that they don't want to do. Very simple. It could be as simple as come upstairs for an answer. Okay, so I'll tell you the couple of things that I had in mind that I didn't want to do that I have to do. I have to, this is awesome. Don't you guys like this? Hope I have enough airheads. Okay, we'll skip mine. We'll just, there you go. Okay. We'll let you go first. Okay. I have to be an adult. That's all there is to it. There you go. Emptying the dishwasher. Empty the dishwasher. Going to school. How many times are we going to hear that one? Folding laundry. Oh. Going to English. What do I say? English. English. Taking out the garbage. Cleaning upstairs. Feeding the animals. Going to school was mine, so. Doing the dishes. Chores. Chores. Watching my sisters. Oh. Going to school. Going to school. All right. Anybody else? It's that easy. Things I have to do that I don't want to do. I, it, pretty much everybody can fill in an ex, fill in the blank. Everybody could give some kind of answer. save it for you. So, the book of Jonah is about a guy who's asked to go somewhere and do something he does not want to do. And we know the story, he, he doesn't do it, and eventually he finds the way around that he, he's going to have to do that. And this, this picture of this whale, or this great big fish, and Jonah, we're going to see it the next four weeks. Uh, but first, our first message out of this four-part series of the book of Jonah is called Jonah the Runaway. Point number one is that at some point in your life, God is going to ask you to do, say, or go somewhere you don't want to go. To do something you don't want to do, to say something you don't want to do. We find that this is the exact same situation that has happened to Jonah. In Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 through 2, it says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. At this point, we don't know. If we don't know the rest of the story, we don't know Jonah doesn't want to do this. But if you know the story, obviously, you know that Jonah doesn't want to do this. So before we move forward very quickly through the rest of this book, I want to point out some key information, some key characters from the book of Jonah. First of all, we don't know for sure who wrote the book of Jonah. Jonah is given credit to, for writing this book, and I sincerely hope so, because if he would have wrote this book, it would have been after the fact. And so 
So if he's willing to write through all of this, I assume after he's angry with the Lord, he comes back to the Lord and he writes this all down. But we don't really know. Jonah was a prophet in the northern kingdom of Israel. Back in, uh, I think, 1 Kings 11, you have the northern and the southern kingdom. They were combined as a united kingdom, but through uh, poor leadership, they divide between the north and the south. And Jonah is sent to the northern king of Israel, and he is a prophet. What is a prophet? Is somebody who speaks on behalf of God, and Jonah did that. He, he was happy to go to all the people of Israel, but now he's getting the task of going to the people of Nineveh, and we find throughout this he does not want to go people who are around the same time as Jonah two different guys Hosea and Amos and I point that out because through our, our Old Testament class we're trying to shrink down the Old Testament from being this big to being this big to recognize a lot of these stories are happening simultaneously at the same time uh, Jonah was told to go to Nineveh Right here is where he's starting from. Somewhere about this point, he's only this far away from where God wants him to go. Nineveh was the capital city of Assyria, or was the capital city of Assyria. Nineveh was not a very nice place to be. Uh, through through history, you can back up these kinds of facts. In Assyria, they did all sorts of terrible, horrific things to the the people that they captured, but also to the peop to their own people. I, I mean, they would be they'd poke out your eyes, or they would cut off your limbs, and then let you wander through the city. Like, hey, we're just going to watch and see this is what happens if you disobey the king. They would burn kids and captives to the death. You know, anybody who's willing to put a, put a kid in the fire has got to have no conscience. It's got to be wicked kind of people. And there was numerous other things that I could go into detail about, but I really don't want to put those kinds of thoughts into your minds. I don't think that's going to help. But you just know that these were wicked people. They were the people who get credit for the crucifixion that Jesus was going to die on that cross in that form of crucifixion. They just invented ways of being bad. That's the kind of people... Jonah is sent to go and talk to. And Jonah's message that he's going to give them. Jonah chapter 3 verse... Four says, 40 more on the first day, Jonah started out from the city. He proclaimed, verse 5, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overturned. That doesn't sound like a bad message to give to your enemy, does it? Hey, I'm just going to walk through the town 40 more years and then Nineveh is going to be destroyed. But Jonah did not want to go. Now, Jonah didn't want to, it wasn't because he was intimidated by those people. You know, if I was to go walk into the enemy camp, I would be scared to death. Especially people with a history like that. But that didn't keep Jonah from going. I think he's got nerve. He's got steel. I mean, he's just made out of steel. He's not afraid of the people in Nineveh. That's not what's keeping him. He's not going because he's worried about the travel expenses and who's going to pay my way. Jonah doesn't want to go because of the Lord. In chapter 4, verse 2. He talks about, he says, he talks about how gracious and compassionate God is, how slow to anger that he is, and he's abounding in love. He knows that God is a forgiving God. So that's why Jonah does not want to go to Nineveh. 
Understandably, he doesn't like these people. They are his enemy. They are the enemy of everybody all around them. And he knows how loving and patient God is. And so he does not want to go. He is not excited to go deliver this message uh, to the people of Nineveh. You know, at some point in your life, like I've already stated, God is going to ask you to do something you don't want to do. Or he's going to ask you to say something you don't want to say. Or he's going to ask you to go somewhere you don't want to go. Anything coming to mind? I remember when. Uh, you know, and, and if, if, you, if, if for some reason you have not experienced that, you're not listening or you're just so obedient to what God's asking you to do. And so you just automatically do it without listening. I wish I mean, without even thinking about it. I wish I could say that was me, but that's not always the case. So almost 100 percent guaranteed this has happened in your life or it's going to happen as you walk out the doors of this church. You know, God might ask you, I think about you adults, God might ask you to pull up states. He might say, I want you to move to a different town, which is going to mean a new job. It's going to mean a new city. It's going to mean new friends. And it's going to be away from everything that I know and that I'm comfortable with. God might ask you to do that. I don't know why he's going to ask you to do that, but he might ask you to do that. And he'll reveal that along the way. All you kids, all you teens who, who like the word love, you know, you might get into a relationship. Some girl's chasing some boy, some, some boy's heart is thumping for some girl. And God might say, you know what? I want you to break off that relationship. That's not what I have in store for you. Kids are going off to college. Nick. Or we think about Daisy, or we think about Chloe, who are already at college, who want to pursue some specific form of education. God might tell you, that's not what I want you to do. I don't want you going to full-time that job. I want you to go into full-time this job, or full-time ministry. God might ask you to go become the friends of somebody around town that you don't know. Somebody's just moved in over here. Somebody's just go, is going to move in down there. Uh, somebody's just moved in over that part of town. God might put it upon your heart. I'm sure the same thing in Baker, too. People are moving in and moving out. God might put it upon your heart to go be their friend, to go welcome them to, to town, to tell them about church, to, to offer to help with whatever's coming along down their line. Anybody here all of a sudden feel uncomfortable? Like, I hope that's not me. I don't, you can feel, if you put yourself in that shoe of like, all of a sudden God might be asking me to go somewhere and meet somebody new. Hey, I don't want to do that. My heart's thumping for this girl. I don't want to give that up. I, I have this dream of this goal. I've been wanting to be this my whole life. God might ask you to go do something that you don't want to do. You know exactly what Jonah feels like. He doesn't want to go to, to where he's going. And in instances like that, you are going to feel exactly the way Jonah feels. You are going to be tempted to say no to God and go a different direction. And that's exactly what Jonah did. It says in Jonah verses one through chapter 1, verse 3, it says, But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. 
This is another, the map again. I only gave you part of it before. I only gave you this little chunk right here before. But Jonah is somewhere over here. He's supposed to make this across the land trip. You don't even, you don't need a boat. You just hop on your camel or you hop on your feet and you walk there. Jonah is supposed to go there. What does Jonah decide to do? He says, I'm going to walk down here, hop aboard a ship, and try to go navigate through all this and go all the way to what feels like the ends of the earth. That's where Jonah decides he's going to go because he does not want to go to Nineveh. So what do you, you know, what, what, what do you think? I mean, what, why does Jonah think, what makes him think he can flee from the Lord? You know, because God is omniscient. God knows everything. God knows Jonah is going to decide no in the first place. He knows he's going to want to go to Joppa and go the opposite direction. God is omnipresent. God is with him right there while he's making this decision. While he's boarding his ship. While he's thinking he's getting away with this. Uh, God is with him. Through, through, through the whole process. We, we read in Psalms 139 a little bit about where how God is everywhere. And chapter verse 39, verse 1, it says, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know that when I'm sitting down and when I rise up. So when you're in classroom, kids, when you're sitting down in each classroom, God's right there. He knows that. Uh, when I rise, when I'm thinking something, you discern my going out and my lying down. God is familiar with all my ways. He knows that we're on my tongue before I'm going to say them. And, and it goes on and on. It talks about where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee? If I go on the far side of the sea, he's there. He's waiting right there for wherever it is that Jonah's trying to go. If I make, if I go up to the heavens, if I go to the depths, everywhere you go, God is there. So why, what makes Jonah think he's going to be any different, that he is going to get to go flee from God? Now, as I think about this, I don't know if Jonah really thinks he's going to get away from God. I want to put a different thought on this. I think maybe Jonah's thinking, you know what? I've been going everywhere God wants me to go. I've been saying every message God wants me to say. Maybe this time I'll go that way and just see if I can get away with it. See, you know, I've been faithful with 100% so far. What's so wrong with saying no one time? And so he's trying to get away with it. But God's not going to allow that. You know, uh, when when you make a decision or when, when God puts it upon your heart to do these kinds of things such as this, you are going to want to feel like I'd like to not do that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just satisfied living in my house. I don't want to go to, to somewhere else. You, you may not flee the opposite direction. You know, Jonah was asked to go to Nineveh and he said, I'm going 180 degrees different. Your, your leaving might be staying. Instead of moving to some place where you want to go, you might stay put. You know, I, I meant to bring this up a little bit earlier. Uh, but Toby and Mandy Arnold, does everybody know who they are? If you don't, there's a prayer card in the back. Um, I have a note around here, right here, that talks about what God has called them to do. It says, we have been prompted by the Lord to sell everything, home, vehicles, belonging, etc., buy a camper and a vehicle and pull it and take Jesus on the road. 
wow, that is a pretty major thing that God has called them to do. And they say, we are willing to go. But they could have been like Jonah and said, I'm going to stay right where I'm at. My kids are still in school. Um, I have a job that pays me money every single day. Or I mean, I'm earning. I get a paycheck every single week. I am comfortable with my surroundings. But they said, no, I'm going to go. But you might say, I'm not going to go. So my going might be staying right where I'm at. You think about those of you who are in love, you kids who aren't even paying attention anymore. You're in love. You think about that boy or that girl. And, and instead, of, you're, instead of breaking that relationship off, you might feel like I'm going to cling even tighter to this girl. Instead of saying, okay, God, I'm going to go with that that career choice that you want me to do, I'm going to try even harder to, to go that direction. Instead of going to, to meet my neighbor, or if I see him at the post office, instead of going and talking to them, all of a sudden, I'm going to come up with lots of excuses for why I cannot go. Um, all of a sudden, that, thing, that to-do list, the one that I'm always putting on the back burner, all of a sudden, there are three things that need to be done right now. And so I got to go. I'm sorry, Lord. I'd love to talk to this person, but I've got to go because I've got these things to do. You might say, uh, you know what? That person probably doesn't want to be bothered anyway. They don't know me. I don't know them. And so you might have excuses for why you're not willing to go. It's common. It happens all the time. Some of these things I can speak from experience. Some of these things I've heard people talk about. Some of them are a little bit of imagination. But these are the kinds of things that you might find in your life where God is asking you to go do something and you don't want to go. Right? I'm sure you can come up with better examples than what I have come up with. So, point number one is that God at some point in your life is going to ask you to do something you don't want to do. And I'm probably drilling that into your brain. Yes, Josh, I know. And you're going to be tempted to say, no, God, I don't want to do that. I would rather do this. I'd rather stay here. There is no way I want to go there. Well, you have to remember, if you say no to God, you are going to face the consequences of your decision. That's what happens to Jonah in verse 15. We, we find that he's facing the consequences of his decisions. Now, think about Jonah. You know what? He's, he's weighing out. God wants me to go to Nineveh. Ugh, I hate these people because they've done all sorts of wicked crimes against my people. And they're going to continue. We're going to see potentially in the next book we go to of Nahum. Nineveh is finally getting preached against you and they're going to take it. But just think of where Jonah's at right now. I know God is loving. I know I should go. If God asked me to do something else, I would do it. I should go do this. But I don't want to. Think, I'm, I want to go do something else. You know, and finally, he, he finally settles on the fact I'm not going to do it. I'm going to plug my ears. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm just going to go the other way and see what happens. She's like, okay, I made up my mind. Deep breath, I'm going to go do this. He gathers up his belongings. Nothing's happening to him. He starts that trek to Joppa. You know, I don't know how far that is. I probably should have figured that out. But he's, he's making it. Nobody's attacking him. Nobody's stopping him. There's no quicksand. There's no nothing interfering with Jonah. And he's getting there. And he gets there and he goes, okay, there's a ship. How handy. There's a ship that's going where I want to go. Great. I, I look at my money. 
I have enough for a fare. Wow, this must be okay because everything is working out. And he, he gets on the boat. It's a beautiful day. You have nice, friendly sailors. And, he, and he's, he's even to the point where he's able to sleep. He goes to the bottom of the boat. However, that bottom of that boat looks, he goes there and he falls asleep. Because when the storm's coming, they have to wake him up. You know, all that rocking back and forth is lulling him to sleep like a baby. And he's sleeping sound. So, man, this has got to be right because everything seems to be working out. But God didn't let Jonah go. He didn't say, oh, well, it's not worth the fuss. You know, sometimes with kids, you tell them and you tell them, or an employee, you tell them, and finally you say, I'm tired of telling my kids. I'm sure my parents would say that about me. I'm tired of telling Josh to take out the garbage. It's just easier to do it myself. God didn't let Jonah off the hook. He said, Jonah, I got something for you to do. And so he followed Jonah. He was with him. And he was going to work it out and say, Jonah, you disobeyed me. I had something for you to do and you didn't do it. You're going to be facing the consequence for your decisions. Jonah, he, the next three through chapter or verse three through the end of what we're looking at today, Jonah is dealing with the consequences of his actions and his, his own actions did not just affect him. They affected the, everybody else on the boat. Jonah chapter one, verses three through seven. It says, after Jonah ran away, it says, verse 4, Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. Everybody's suffering on this ship. Uh, it says in verse 5, All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God, which obviously wasn't going to help, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell asleep like a baby with the ship rocking back and forth. The captain went down to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us and we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, come, let us cast lots to find out who's responsible for the calamity. And they cast lots and the lots fell on Jonah. Jonah made a big mistake. His actions affected him. His life is in danger, but it didn't just impact him. It impacted everybody else. And this is where, spur of the moment, I feel like God's saying, hey, Josh, think about this. My actions, I'm the leader of my house. And if I, as a dad, if I'm not doing what God has called me to do, it's not just going to affect me. It's going to affect my family as well. If I don't take them and say, let's go to Plevna, when God asks us to go to Plevna, it's going to impact their life. It may not be in the same negative way as it is me, but it's going to have an effect on them. And we'll see that in just here in a second. But to here you have all these sailors. We're just going on a normal safe trip and it gets really rocky and they're freaked out and they throwing everything overboard because they want to live. All the things we're going to use to make money, all our supplies that we need, we're just chucking because we want to live. Jonah, he knew exactly what was going on. He knew why this was happening. Verses 8 through 12. He says, I says, so they asked him, tell us, Jonah, who is or tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What did you do? Where did you come from? And what is your country? What from what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the land. And this terrified them. And they asked, what have you done, Jonah? This is serious. What's the big what did you do? He said they knew he was running away from 
the Lord because he had already told them. Apparently, they didn't think that was a big deal. Verse 11 says, The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, What should we do to, to you to make the sea grow calm for us? In verse 12, it says, Jonah says, I know this is my fault, that this great storm has come upon you. Jonah was well aware that this was his oops, and this was his consequence, and he was the reason for this big storm that was happening in everybody's life. He knew this was the direct consequence because God was not happy with the decision that Jonah had made to go elsewhere. From Jonah running away. And so Jonah is facing the consequences for his actions. Verse 12, he says, pick me up and throw me into the sea and it will become calm. And they don't want to do that. They say, we don't want to murder this guy. We know that if we throw him overboard, he's going to die. So it says in verse 13 that instead they're rowing as hard as they can. They're trying even harder to get back to shore, which is not working. It says in verse 14, they cried out to the Lord, please don't hold this against us. We're going to toss Jonah overboard. Please don't hold this against us. Verse 15, it says, they took Jonah and they threw him overboard and the raging sea became calm. Instantly, if you watch the Jonah movie, I bet it was like that. From like this to like this, all of a sudden, there's all the dark clouds. They went bye-bye immediately and all of a sudden, you just have blue skies. The birds are, are chirping, you know, and it's calm, peaceful, a nice gentle breeze. That's what's that's kind of going on. So Jonah is facing the consequences for his actions. And Jonah is thrown into the to sea. Verse 17, it says, it says the Lord through uh the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. Now, did Jonah know that was going to take place? Did he have any idea that he was going to get a second chance? He had no idea. He just said, I knew I was supposed to go. I chose not to go, and I know this is the consequence. And so if you throw me over the board, overboard, everybody else is going to be okay. Jonah just thinks this is the consequence. It's going to help everybody else. For me, it's going to mean the end of my life. Now, just time out for just one second. Something we see really cool here is that I, I kind of mentioned this briefly in Sunday school, is that God uses the exact same event two different ways. You know, there's, there's all these sailors on the ship, and Jonah's there, and all of a sudden there's this great big storm. Everybody's freaked out. Well, what is this for Jonah? This is a discipline. This is a punishment because he's not where he's supposed to be. So he's going to get thrown overboard. What is this for the sailors? This is an awakening because it says once things became calm, it says uh, at this, the men greatly feared the Lord and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and they made vows to him. This was an opportunity for all the people, all the sailors of that ship who are calling on false gods for help, who are doing nothing to turn to the one true God to make vows to him to sacrifice to him and have an opportunity to follow him as their Lord and Savior so it's just really cool that negative situations in one instance can be a powerful awesome thing for somebody else 
I feel like that's what death does. It's a tragedy for Jerry that he died. Leslie's step-uncle. Tragedy. Because he didn't go to heaven. But this has the potential of being a life-changing, life-altering thing for her grandpa. For other members of Jerry's family or siblings to turn their ship around. So God can use something negative to impact somebody one way to put into to impact somebody else another way. So let's just time out, time back in about what God did in this situation. But, but Jonah had no idea that he had, he's going to get another second chance. He doesn't know idea that this, he's not just a meal. <laughs> right? If he's going to be swallowed by a fish, just like a worm, you go fishing and the worm gets eaten by a fish, he thinks this is it. He doesn't think, boy, I'm going to get out of here in three days. He just is done. That's what Jonah's thinking. He's facing the consequences for his actions. If you choose to go against what God's asking you to do, you are going to face consequences. Now, if you say yes to what God's asking you to do, you're going to face a blessing. But if you say no, you're going to face a consequence. So think about my four examples that we have up here. God's called you to move. You know, just like he called them to hop on a road, take a lot of faith and go. He's called you to move. And you say, I'm not going to move, God. I am too comfortable here. I like my friends. I like my job. I like my surrounding, my, my friends and family around me. I'm not going to go. Well, you might face, all of a sudden, you might start facing failure where you're at. You know, that business venture that you're trying to get off the ground may never get on the ground. All this, the stock in that company might go by the wayside. I mean, if you have no idea. You might face incredible roadblocks to what you are trying to do because you're not where you want to be. You might face un, get unneeded stress, ulcers, right? No one else can see that I have an ulcer, but I have one because I disobeyed God and I, I'm feeling the weight and the, the pressure of that because that's not what God wants you to do. It may start out looking good like it did with Jonah with the going to Joppa, having the money for the ship and for the, the set sail and sleeping good, but it's not going to end well. For, for those of you in a relationship that God's saying, hey, this is not what I want you to be in. And you say, you know what? I don't care. I love her. I don't care if she's unsaved. I don't care if he hates the Lord. I don't care whatever those things are. You say, I'm going to hang on to that relationship. You, you know what? You might get to the point of getting married. But it's not going to end well. If that's not what God has for you to do, most likely it is not going to. I mean, I've, I've known people who were, they both said they were saved. Everything pointing said, don't get together. This is not a relationship made in heaven. I know that you think you're two birds of a flock together, you know. But God didn't want that. And it, what it ends up, instead of a the, the marriage of a lifetime, it turns into an ugly divorce. It, it, or if it's just kids in high school, it ends poorly. Instead of getting a mate that I want forever, you lose a friend, right? That's happened multiple times throughout the course of history because you didn't stop it the right way when God asked you to. You know, the person who goes and says, I'm going to pursue that education anyway. I don't care what God's asking me to do. You know what? You might get that degree and you might struggle to get the job and you might fail. And, you know, but something really cool is God might keep bringing around that opportunity. He might keep bringing what he wants you to do around and around, just like with the neighbor. You know that the, you, you see them at the post office. You're walking through town like we like to do and you see them and we say, boy, I've got three other things to do. I don't have time. Uh, it's awkward. 
awkward to meet somebody new, you know what? You might have that guilty conscience every single time you see them because you know that you're supposed to go and talk to them. You might have this inner pressure of, of because you know where they live. So at any point, even though I didn't say yes right now, I can go tomorrow, tomorrow after school, tomorrow after work. I can go on the weekend. There's always that opportunity to do that. And you're going to feel pressure. And I'll tell you that one from experience. There are things that I've, I've known I was supposed to do. And until I did it, because it wasn't like a once in a lifetime thing, all I did was feel pressure. I've got to get there. I've got to do this until I finally clean my conscience. That's what you might be facing. You know, those are... Those are just some still examples. I hope you can come up with something better. But, you know, but from time to time, we are all probably going to feel like we're in the same boat. God's asking me to go somewhere I don't want to go. And you're going to be tempted to do exactly what Jonah did and flee the situation. And if you do, you're going to be facing this, the consequences of your decisions. What is the better choice? What should Jonah have done? He should have just went to Nineveh. He could have went there. He could have mumbled it. He could have ran around for three, for three days and just got the heck out of Dodge and said, I'm going back home and hope nothing happens. He could have just been obedient to what God asked him to do and leave the results up to him like you really have to anyway. But some people would say, you know what? I'd rather just take my chances. I'm going to just run away. I'm just going to ignore that. I'm going to ignore my homework assignment and hope it goes away. Right? I'm going, <laughs> I'm going to ignore the chore that I was supposed to do and hope mom and dad don't call me to account. I'm going to ignore the fact that God is asking me to do something and hope that that just... He forgets about that. There's a bazillion people to look at. I hope that he just forgets about me and my lack of obedience. You know, but there aren't just people who run away from God and what he's asked them to do as a step of obedience, you know, to, to, for an assignment, so to speak. There are a lot of people who, who run away from the fact that they know that they need Jesus as their Savior. You know, you, you grow up your whole life, you hear Jesus every Sunday. You hear it every Awana, you hear it every VBS, you hear it on the radio, and they keep hearing Jesus, 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 and they keep saying, no, no, I'm not going to do that. But at some point, you're going to face the consequences of your actions. You know, if you, if you say, okay, Jesus, which is the right choice, I'm going to trust you as my Savior, you're going to have eternal life. But if you say, no, I don't want Jesus, I'll do it later, I'll put it on the back burner, I don't want to deal with that right now, at some point, it's going to be too late. So what this, this fits everybody in this room. One of two things. Either you are an unsaved person who is running from Jesus as your Savior, or you are a saved person who from time to time struggles with what Jesus is asking or what God is asking you to do. So I just want to encourage you. It's better to be faithful. The, you know, go to God and say, you know what? I don't like this assignment. I'm afraid to do this. Uh, but, but it's better to run to God. Let me see what the, how I put this. It's better to run to God for help than to, to try to avoid what God is calling you to do. I know the, the natural normal thing is to try to avoid it or put it off. But the best thing is to just go straight to God and say, I don't like this. I'm not comfortable with this. I really don't want to do this, but please help me to do it anyway. So whatever boat you're in, whatever situation you're in, please learn the lesson from Jonah. Don't run from God. Don't try to, to just get away with it with not doing what he's called you to do. 
Go to God for help, and, and he's going to help you accomplish what he's asked you to do. In the end, it's going to be, to be better for you. It's going to be better for whatever it is that God is asking you to do. So we have three more, three more lessons we're going to learn about Jonah, and they're all going to kind of tie into this. So let's, I'm just going to pray and ask God that he would help me, because I still struggle to say yes every time. I still want to go the other direction, but I, I don't want to face the consequences of my actions. So I'm going to pray that God helps me, and that God will help you as well. Dear God, I thank you for Jonah. God, I know that he was a prophet. He was a guy who, who loved you. You know, overall, he's not a, a, a rotten guy. He just made a bad choice. And I know that, God, we are prone to wander. We are prone to make the wrong choices, too. And I just pray that, God, you would help us when we're afraid, when we're not happy with what you've asked us to do, that we would go to you for your help to, to go the right direction anyway. I pray for the courage. I pray for the boldness and the ability to listen to what you're asking us to do and the faithfulness to carry it out. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.